0: Previously
1: on the show, show. There were situations that presented this show that I would have got whoopings growing up. I would
0: have had what my what my parents would call a belt party for doing something like that.
1: Bluey running in and out of the house while it's raining, pulling mud into the house. I would have had my ass beat. It would not have been Mom comes out to join me in ruining clothing, toys, uh, things like that, for playtime. Like, that's that's the situations where I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is sweet, this is cute. It's incredibly annoying. I feel like we're all
2: pretty, not like, intelligent people.
1: Let's also say, though, I think you're kind of right, though. That is a little bit of lazy naming, to name the Jack Russell Terrier Jack Russell. That is kind of like naming baby baby. But it's like, what other animals
2: in the world can talk besides dogs? Were those monkeys dogs dressed in monkey outfits in the movie? Or were they monkeys that could talk in the movie? You're not wrong. It's like, you don't have fingers. All you have are toes. All your feet are feets. There's
1: no hands. Granddad, that show's old. <laughs> that's not even in, you know, hologram.
0: <laughs> Ultimately, people make their own decisions, and that's kind of what's wrong with people.
1: Will Smith eats bowl of spaghetti. It's exciting and scary at the same time. It, there's too many pretty pink bows in the show to make me feel like it's something that's setting up anything other than a lot of disappointment for the future.
2: It, I don't know. It just was so funny when she would just like land upside down on everything. She went to go visit her dad playing rugby, I guess.
0: But mm. they call it football. They don't.
2: They call rugby football, or they call it rugby.
0: Well, it's rugby football, and then yeah. there's also Australian football,
1: mm. which is like American football.
0: Yeah, it's and then bad. there's soccer football, which is soccer.
1: Yeah,
0: I did not know that. Lot of A lot of, of balls. Are we definitely
2: in? dog years in this show because I'm like six this is a full grown dog
1: like it's by the end of it you're like oh it's all awful there's no good answer you just grab one get it over with
0: And welcome to the Show Show, probably the world's best TV review podcast. Welcome to episode 60. Today, we review the 2023 Madcap Buddy Road Trip series from HBO. Arby's doesn't have free lunch, it was a restaurant. This month on the Show Show, The Last of Us. I'd like to welcome you inside the broadcast booth. I'm Jay. I'm joined, as always, by my two hall of famers. To my left, a man whose wit extends farther than the tendrils of a cordyceps fungus. It's Aaron. Hey, now. And to my right, the grizzled smuggler who can liberate my QZ any day. It's Tony. Hello. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to be here. Happy to be back. Very good to be here. Uh, To our listeners, check out our Instagram for news about the show, including our postponed 2024 tour and cruise, along with plenty of other bonus content. You can find us on Instagram at the show show pod. Send your emails to the show show TV podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube. If you're not there already at our YouTube channel, that's mandamus radio. You can find me individually at J. Sue esponte Aaron, where can we find you?
1: Uh, well, you can no longer apparently block me on Twitter, so you can find me there at Snacious <laughs> Aaron. So, just you or everybody? Uh, apparently not. You just can't be blocked anymore. Like that's what they're changing it to. So, oh. we're all going to get right. to see all of the hateful <laughs> things on the internet together. Wow. <laughs> Great. No one ever harasses anybody. I'm sure. Either. Nobody. That's never going to be a bad yeah. idea. <laughs>
0: Well, where, where can we harass you, Tony?
2: You can harass me uh, on Instagram, at T. Uh Now, we
0: actually we actually have some actual news.
1: Oh,
0: man. The show show started out as a humble Google Live hangout, if you can believe that, if you can mm. even remember that.
1: I do remember. Uh, we
0: evolved into our current form, available on YouTube, as well as some select podcasting platforms. And we are now available on Stitcher. Fans have been inundating us with messages, emails. Somebody stopped me in the grocery store the other day asking us why, why, why we were not on so many people's favorite podcasting app, Stitcher. And you know what? Good news. Now we are.
1: I'm glad to hear it. You know, Jay, I'm, I'm really glad you... Put that together. Because of the stitch. That was, uh, that
2: was the joke there.
1: That was the joke. <laughs> I it, You know, if we're going to have some pretty bad puns, we might as well start off with some really really bad ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, but we're now available on Stitcher. The show show is now available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public.
1: Are we on mega upload? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's a, that's an old reference. <laughs> it's the show show after dark.
0: Troy and I been in the morning. Nice. Welcome back, all you night owls. Troy, why don't we open up the phone line?
1: <laughs> there is no website, escape. I was just I don't know if that website even exists
0: anymore. <laughs> and of course you can always check out uh, the the YouTube channel where you can find our pre-show show cocktail hour. Uh, This time around, we talked about a delicious penicillin and some other delicious drinks. Uh, But today, we are here to talk about The Last of Us. Before we get into that, let's uh, take a little journey over the unofficial scoreboard. You guys been watching anything of note lately?
1: Uh, Yeah. Just finished season one of a show called The Guest Book. It's actually the third show by Greg Garcia, the guy who did uh, My Name is Earl and Raising Hope. And it is a it's an odd one. Uh, had fun mostly along the way. Kind of got darker towards the end. But it's basically like little vignettes where like people come to this like mountain town and stay at a at a lodge or not lodge or like a cabin or something like that. And the story's kind of told through people writing in the guest book what crazy things transpired at their stay at the cabin. So uh, it starts off kind of. Fun, Abed is, or the was it Danny Pudi, is, is one of the first characters that comes and stays. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I watched it, because I love him in, in community. But cool. uh, it's kind of, like, I can tell why the show didn't last longer than two seasons, right? Like, it's <laughs> one of those, like, B kind of sitcoms. I had fun mostly along the way. Most I will say most of my time has been spent with uh, the... Fabulous number of video games have been coming out. uh, That being like Diablo and Zelda uh, and things like that. So I've also been playing Hogwarts Legacy with Christy because she's into Harry Potter. And uh, she's started to see that video games can actually tell really good stories.
2: (laughs) I want to play Hogwarts, but I'm waiting for it to go on sale eventually, hopefully.
1: Yeah, we played through the first two Mass Effects and she was like, I want to try something different. Uh, So... We started at Hogwarts and right about the time that Hogwarts started, I also got Zelda, and then Diablo came out. So I'm like playing <laughs> three different games at once right now.
0: Any standouts among those games?
1: Zelda's gonna be game of the year, in my opinion. It's it's Oh yeah. I was actually I wanted to ask you guys about this. I thought this is really interesting. Like Zelda didn't know advertising, and Diablo done like killer advertising. I think Diablo's gonna like blow Zelda out, out of the water sales wise, but in my opinion, Zelda is actually just a better game. Like, it's it's amazingly put together. It's just an absolute love letter to fans of the franchise. And it's something that new players can get into and kind of explore. But I just can't stop having fun with it. Diablo, mm. I'm having a good time with my friends, like, doing stuff with them. But, like, whenever I'm sitting there, like, wanting to do something, I want to go get on Zelda. Like, I want to go explore and, you know build crazy shit but like the the reason why i even got into it was because all the tiktok and and short videos that i would see on youtube of people building wild and crazy things i was like dude i want to i want to try this out that to me that actually was more effective at advertising just seeing other people playing the game than all of the commercials and shit that diablo has been doing so i don't know what what about you guys you think that that kind of advertising is is more effective like through social media, or do you think the old school advertising still reigns supreme?
2: I think Nintendo doesn't have to do anything. You think that just or the they, name
1: carries it? Yeah, I mean, like they
2: put out so few like first party titles that, it, and they actually like they make them good. It's kind of like Sony. Like when there's a Sony first party title, you know it's going to be good. Mm. But I think Nintendo has even better like name recognition. Yeah, like power of like if it's a Zelda game, it's going to be good. If it's a Mario game, it's going to be good. Because they're not going to put a bad version of... Because they that's what basically keeps them in business. It's not the power of their hardware. They never have, like, the most powerful graphics or anything.
1: They haven't even offered a new console into the recent, like, console wars, right? Like the I think Switch they just was... put an OLED on the
2: Switch, I think, is all they did.
1: What's that mean? Just a better screen?
2: Yeah, OLED versus, like, a regular one. So I guess it should probably I've, look a little bit better, but I don't even think it's, like, more powerful or anything.
1: I think it's actually smaller, too, and you can't take the controller pieces off. Like, it's actually a handheld. Oh. Like, it's... I've, I saw it's, like, cheaper, too. But, Jay, Jay what about you? Like, what, what do you think about, like, social media advertising versus, like, like traditional commercial advertising stuff?
0: Well, in this case, I was pretty equally disinterested in each game because Diablo is a little gory for me and I've just never been able to get in any Zelda games, but I think I would a hundred times be more likely to play Zelda than Diablo just because I've seen so much just grassroots chatter from people that I know in real life talking about how great of a game Zelda is Mm. and, you know, compare that to... The Diablo commercials that I'm forced to watch during the soccer game, like I'm I'm gonna be much more persuaded by my friends telling me that Zelda's a great game.
1: That's you know that's really interesting. I I, I forget that like I don't do a lot of Nintendo games, uh, and, I, and I when I do, it's kind of like what Tony said because it's Zelda or it's Mario or something like that. But Diablo, I didn't even like see any of the commercials. I just bought it because of sheer name recognition, also right like everybody i know is playing diablo and they're all like it's a great game it is but it's also yeah like you said it's a very gory violent game and if it's not your flavor you know you're not gonna have fun doing it i've been like working out in the field like the
2: last month so i haven't really been watching any shows but i've been playing games uh mostly rocket league and then yeah diablo ever since it came out like i guess now it's been over a week so been grinding it hard Rocket League review, being a diamond sucks. There's Smurfs everywhere. <laughs> All the champs get bored and Smurf down a diamond, I swear.
1: Is that is that like intentionally losing so that you can play against people who are less good than you?
0: Yeah. Does the soundtrack still slap?
1: Oh, yeah, man. They got good songs. That's good. Do they like rotate the soundtrack in Rocket
2: League? There's a bunch of different... They're just like constantly adding new songs to the... List and then they have a pretty big library of older songs too.
1: That's interesting. I don't, I don't. I've never really gotten into Rocket League, so I didn't know if it was like Tony Hawk. Every time you sign on, it's the same five songs <laughs> to play.
0: No, they they switched it up pretty pretty regularly, and it seemed like the the music that they were playing in like the lobby while you were waiting was always you know pretty good, got you pumped up to play some car soccer, a lot of Euro stuff. Yeah. But I I like that kind of thing though. So,
1: well, Jay, what about you? What's your unofficial scoreboard got on it?
0: Oh boy, I kind of similarly also haven't had a lot of time for the, the the televisions, but I did watch Ted Lasso, which concluded its run, and that I think if that's a show that you liked, if you watched season one or any part of it and liked it, it ended in a way that that's that's very likable. So uh, definitely worth finishing. Another show that has not come out yet, so I don't exactly want to rate it, but just kind of put everybody on notice. Strange New Worlds is going to start its second season this coming week, Mm
1: -hmm. so I'm
0: really excited about that show to come back for a lot of reasons, but mostly because it's been highly publicized that Strange New Worlds is going to do a crossover episode with Lower Decks, which is the animated Star Trek show that's going on right now. And huh. that sounds pretty bonkers and a lot of fun.
1: I feel like there's going to be some weird thing where there's going to be parallel like universes and there's going to be like a cartoon version of the the crew like and they run into the lower deck people.
0: I'm I'm really excited to see how they work it out, especially because those two shows happen in two different time periods. So there's there's gonna have to be some kind of crazy metaphysical nonsense to go on, but I'm just excited to see how they do it.
2: Are there mm. going to be two crossover episodes? Like they're going to have li- like live actors in Strange New Worlds play the animated characters and then draw in the Strange New World characters in the lower decks, like animate them? Or is there just going to be one episode that mixes the two somehow?
0: As far as I know, it's one episode and they they've already released some production stills from at least the uh, the live action portions, you know, we don't really know if, if it's live action or animated or a mix or what, but at least part of it is is live action and they've released some stills of the the voice actors who play the lower decks characters in their, you know, starfleet uniforms cuz one of them is is Jack Quaid from The Boys. Mm. Oh, really? He actually voices one of the main characters on Lower Decks, so he's going to be in it. You, have y'all kept up
1: with the boys? I have not watched anything past the first season. Yeah, I haven't
0: either. I need to. Yeah. I need to, because I really like that show. It's good. It's just so much. Like, it's it's over the a top. lot. It's a lot mm-hmm. of
1: I don't mind over the top. Things, but... I, I I went back and watched some episodes of Trailer Park Boys and the movies, <laughs> and I forget how <laughs> over the top that show is. Like, it really is over the top. Yeah. Um, like, like I guess when you're like immersed, like watching it from episode to episode, you kind of forget like how ridiculous the universe that they operate in is. But like, I you get desensitized. You get desensitized. Yeah, I, I, me and Christy recently watched uh, Countdown to Liquor Day, and no. the the <laughs> last forty minutes, like Christy's like cringing from <laughs> Leahy showing up like half naked at the bank and. Everything And I plan on getting drunk as fuck tonight. Drunk as fuck. And she's like, once he shows up, it's just a, a giant, slow train wreck. And I'm like, yeah, but that's what always happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess, yeah, <laughs> that's not normal. <laughs>
0: Man, to be fair, like, Countdown to Liquor Day, and especially that sequence you're describing. is brilliant. Like, that, it's brilliant. It punches far above... Trailer Park boys Wait like class. relative production weight. Yeah, exactly.
1: I that's what I, I told her. I was like that what they were able to pull off with that last forty minutes of the movie is absolutely impressive. So but it is another example of just over the top. And I don't know, like I think that's why I like the boys too, is that they're willing to cross the line sometimes or yeah. a lot of times.
2: <laughs> they go away. There is no line. Some the, the line's
1: stuff. gone. <laughs> I don't think if you don't like gore, Jay, I don't
2: there's a lot of gore in that show. Like people getting yeah. exploded and cut in half and like
1: It's it's, it's the superhero. superhero realism, right? Yeah.
0: Just, yeah, the like the, the quasi flash guy running through that girl and like episode. vaporizing her right at the start. Yeah. Like yeah, that, that really lets you know where they were going.
1: Well Christy says like You know, they they show you how far they're willing to take the show in like the first, you know, ten minutes to let you know whether or not you want to stick with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: But all right, we ready to talk about Last of Us?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, This was an Aaron pick, so Aaron, tell us about The Last of Us.
1: Yes, so uh, The Last of Us is an American post-apocalyptic drama television series. Um, It is based off of a 2013 video game, which was developed by Naughty Dog uh, Studios. Again, I've been playing Naughty Dog games for a long time. I I feel like I remember playing them on like the PlayStation One. So this studio has been around. Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, man, I remember. That's, I didn't know they did Uncharted, but... Yeah. Um, so, these guys have some pretty good chops, let's say, for making games. The story is taking place in a world where a... Because of, essentially, um, climate change, a fungus... Um, name, is it cortisol that Corticeps. that's what it is. Corticeps uh, evolves, and it's the, it's the fungus that can, like, take over a bug and, like, drive it around like a, a zombie and it evolves to be able to take over humans. And essentially, these humans are like zombies and the civilization kind of collapses and we're left with kind of these, you know, outposts of quarantine zones run by the government, uh, raiders. Oh, you mean raiders. Yeah, raiders. Yeah, raiders. All right. People who are surviving out in the no man's land, the zombies. And our story kind of follows Joel, or mostly follows Joel, who's a smuggler, and a teenager named Ellie, who has been bitten, and we find out is immune to the um, fungus's, I guess, ability to take over a human. So he, Joel, is tasked with smuggling her across the United States to find a mythical firefly medical facility, which the fireflies are a group of resistance fighters, so that they can find a cure, and save humanity. That's kind of the general plot of the story. And then along the way, we kind of get almost these, like, video game levels of experiences as we move through the story.
2: <laughs> yeah, they start off in Boston, and they're trying to get to Wyoming at first,
1: mm-hmm. eventually
2: going from Colorado into Utah.
1: Again, I, I will say right off the bat, I got some really, really heavy Leftovers vibes from this show from the very beginning. Like, for some reason, a lot of the way that the, the show was filmed, a lot of the, the sound, the music choices, or lack thereof at times, reminded me of The Leftovers. I know you two both were big fans of The Leftovers. Did did that trigger anything with you guys at all?
0: Yeah, actually, that, n- now that you say that, that is something yeah, not at that...
1: at the time, but yeah.
0: Especially as the show neared its end, I, I couldn't help but kind of compare the sh- two shows in their kind of in their bleakness in its mm-hmm. outlook
1: I think it this is less esoteric than the leftovers but yeah it yeah. captured an as- aspect of human desperation that I feel was similar in both
0: yeah i think there there was especially one moment where now i'm i'm struggling to remember who it was it was probably ellie but somebody says the line equivalent to the world ended and Yada, yada, yada. And that's basically what The what the Leftovers is about, except that society doesn't necessarily collapse. We all just emotionally collapse.
1: Mm-hmm. There were just many, many times I would sit there, and I was like, man, I just... There's a lot of times that this is eliciting the same feelings that The Leftovers did. And again, in a good way. I, I, I like The Leftovers a lot, and I'm not gonna lie, I like this one a lot. I I also will say... Joel, like, and Ellie as our two main kind of drivers of the story. I thought that they were, like, very complex and interesting characters. How did you guys feel about... There was a lot of these, like, episodes where, like, we would get, like, five minutes of Joel and Ellie and then, like, an entire story of someone else, right? Like, we have the the Bill and Frank story, which Mm -hmm. I thought was phenomenal. But Joel and Ellie are in that episode for five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And, And I think, you know... We have a lot of these kind of side stories that are are told through their journey. And I, I really liked it. I mean, it was very moving, very powerful stories that made the world feel real and immersive.
2: It was good. I mean, it's been a long time since I played the game. But, I mean, if they didn't do that... Like, these are all characters that you run into in the game. But if they didn't do that, it would just be like... You just run into these people for a small section. Like... And most of the game is, like, you're fighting (laughs) and killing people. So I like that they fleshed out and gave everybody, like, their more moments. Like, I don't think – I think we just run into Bill. And I don't think we get any – maybe we get a little bit of, like, alluding to his backstory. But, like, I don't remember in the game, like, the whole – I really liked their whole backstory, Bill and Frank.
1: Added a lot to it. Mm Mm-hmm. And Nick Offerman's performance in that, and Murray from The White Lotus. Yeah, I, I noticed that. <laughs> I I was I was sitting there. I was like, "That's that's Murray from The White Lotus." And Farscape, of course. And Farscape. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the two of them
0: were excellent together. Like the chemistry between them was really something that you felt.
1: Oh, absolutely. There were a lot of moral situations that were presented in this that are challenging. Kind of like halfway through the show, i lean over to Christy and I said, you know, Joel reminds me of uh, Nietzsche's Ubermensch, Ubermensch, basically that he decides what his morals are at any given moment. Like he decides what is good and what is bad. And, and I think we kind of see this really kind of play on that final episode that you know, Joel Joel is not necessarily interested in saving the world. He, he was doing a job taking care of this girl. And when he realizes that that means that she's going to die to save the world, right, he decides that that doesn't need to happen. And, you know, I, I thought about this last episode. I don't know about you guys, but I thought about this last episode a lot. And at first, I kind of thought that Joel's actions were because they didn't tell Ellie. That they were going to kill her to, to get the vi- the fungus, but I, I I think it's just he didn't want her to to die. He didn't want to lose her, lose his daughter again, so to speak. But I I think it, so. This this uh, this the whole series really puts a lot of really hard moral situations in front of you, and Joel's choices in them are very hard to swallow a lot of times. And I was very curious about what you thought, <laughs> uh, Jay, because I know that you do have an issue with. Gore and violence and stuff like that. Like <laughs> how this show portrayed it. Christy definitely had to look away from the screen numerous times.
0: Yes. There there were a handful of moments, probably about average a once an episode where I just, you know, I couldn't even watch through the picture frames. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know exactly uh, what you mean.
0: <laughs> where I I just couldn't. But on on the whole, for the most part, it was it was stomachable. I There's
2: not too much of the It's mostly like story-based, not too much of the Yeah. fighting and the zombie action.
1: I agree. That's, but sometimes because of that the tension was 10 times worse. Like the the mall episode with Ellie and Riley, oh, like yeah. the tension in the last like 30 minutes of that episode. Because I'm like some you know Ellie gets bit. You know things go south. You
2: bit? Huh? You bitch?
1: And they're just being teenagers, hmm. right?
2: Pre- and you know, Riley's gone because like Marlene talks to that I think in the first episode. She's like, was Riley a traitor or something like that? Or-
1: yeah, there was reference to, to Riley. So that's one of those things where like they did a really good job of building the type of tension that I enjoy in these shows. I definitely know what you mean about watching through the picture frames like having to like like Christy would like stare at the pictures on the wall and see the screen because she couldn't watch it face to face. (laughs) But and I do that all the time with all the cringe stuff that we watch. I think probably the hard, one of the hardest things was when Joel killed the kid that Ellie paralyzed. Like that was a tough scene. Just all around. But man, was it acted well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the acting all around was just great. Yeah, Pedro Pascal just he plays a murderer very well. Yeah, he does. I did I knew the
2: did y'all did y'all know the story? Like did you know that the daughter was gonna
1: get killed in the right first the episode? Yeah. I knew because I bought Last of Us like on PlayStation years ago and I started it, but at the beginning I, I don't know, I was just like too slow and I I lost interest. So I got to go back and play it now. But I knew that that happened. So I I wasn't surprised by that. Christy was shocked. But I I was like, oh, yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. And the
2: game definitely got big feels. I don't know if it's just because, like, I'm sure there were games set in Texas before, but I just felt like, because I was in Texas when y'all are still in Texas when it came Mm -hmm. out. And I played it, and I was just like, oh, this is in Texas. And then, like, it just, like, it hit me hard when I played the game, but then, like, I guess i I just had known it for so long that it didn't hit me hard in the episode, but I think I was watching with my sister, and she got (laughs) teared up. I definitely got the feels. And I got the feels when he's, like, I guess it's the last episode. He's, like, when she's, like, oh, time heals all wounds, I guess. He's, like, it wasn't the time. And I was, like, Mm oh, I got the feels. I'm not even a dad, but I'm assuming Jay maybe got some bigger feels based on being an actual father.
0: I wish i had that moment and a lot of the moments it it didn't really do it for me it, a lot of it felt telegraphed in a lot of ways and in some ways it felt predictable
1: because of the daughter dying
0: maybe maybe this is just how my crazy mind works but the cover is pedro pascal and what's her name from game of thrones you know the, bella the other ramses bella ramsey yeah Not his daughter. So you can kind of... You can do the math in your head when they can get confronted by a soldier and and she's bit. Like, what's going to happen? Mom, have you been bitten? No, but Philip has.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. All fair. I think that that is absolutely telegraphed if you're paying attention or have played the game. I, I, I am curious. I feel like they definitely... Telegraph that Joel is going to be driven by kind of a paternal aspect, right? He oh, kind yeah. of falls into a paternal role. The choice at the end to lie to Ellie. it I thought that the lie was stupid. Like I thought, like I was like, well, that's obviously not a very good story to tell. But do you think that he was wrong to lie to her about what would happen? Uh, me, me me, and Christy argued about this a lot because this was actually something I was like, you know, is it really a choice if you're presented with, hey, if you sacrifice yourself, we could potentially save the whole world. Is that really a choice that a 14-year-old can make? Right? Because Ellie's supposed to be 14 years old, right? hmm So, like, uh, is he using, is, is this a paternal reaction or is it just a selfish reaction? He doesn't want to lose her. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think that this is just Joel being selfish, not wanting Ellie to 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 be taken from him like his daughter, or is it also a recognition that that's not something that a 14-year-old should have to make?
0: I took it as 100% selfish, Joel yeah. acting on his own demons, that he has this daughter-shaped hole in himself that at least up until now has started to be filled by Ellie, and he... Can't let that go.
1: See, I I definitely think that's part of it. But I definitely took it as like the whole sequence. Find someone else. Talking about the things that she needed to do. Like, hey, you could do this. All the different things. I also thought it was very interesting how it went from her filling the silence all the time at the beginning to him filling the silence at the end. But I really felt like there was an aspect of the paternal which drove so many decisions after... I would say probably after the was it Tess I can't remember the the girlfriend at the beginning mm-hmm. but whenever his girlfriend at the very beginning died, I feel like there that was kind of like he now had to take care of her. He was now more in the paternal spot, the daughter thing, yeah, but I don't know, I guess if you the only if it's only the loss of the daughter, then I see that, but I also see like someone having a relationship now with this person and wanting them to, you know, you just fought to keep them alive, right? Yeah. I, I guess to keep them alive just to die, that seems contradictory. So,
2: I think it's selfish, but I didn't hate it. It's like, I think he's willing to burn the whole world to save her, because he loves her, and he knows that she wanted to be special, and she probably would have chose to kill herself, so he's going to take that on himself, too. And lie to her, even though he knows that she's probably going to hate him if she finds out. Or that she probably already knows deep down that he's lying to her.
1: So. Oh, yeah. She she for sure knows yeah. based off that last statement. Like she's That's not just specific. kind of how, like, the only people that
2: are made for the new world are, like, not good people. Like Joel. Like, Frank was not going <laughs> to... It was just, like, Frank was so delusional. It, like if he didn't run into Bill, he was going to die so easily. I'm surprised he wasn't dead already. But it's like everyone good in the world dies because they aren't willing to be You're like the hard thing. Joel. Yeah, like, uh, what's his name? Henry. Henry, basically, like, it's just like, yeah, Henry was the same. It's like, I don't know. It's, kinda, it's definitely the wrong moral choice that in a vacuum no one would ever make to, like, Betray the leader of the resistance when people... Well, It's definitely an evil, like, organization torturing and raping and killing people. But he did it to save his brother and the same thing, like... I guess not 100% it would have been a cure, but, like, Joel will, like, let the world suffer just for Ellie. Like, it's not the right choice, but...
1: Well, I will say this. I was a little a little disappointed that there wasn't a biopsy concept anymore in science because I was like, we're going straight to removing the brain. Um... <laughs> uh,
0: we're just going straight to lobotomy.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're we're just jumping straight to that one. I was like, I feel like even the fireflies should have had at least, you know, some concept of let's test this out before we chop a head off. <laughs> but I ah, man, like when Joel just made his decision, you know, he just wiped them out. I also now kind of questioned their ability to, you know, take out Fedra if, <laughs> if one dude with their own guns could take them all out.
2: That was a good scene. I liked the muted, the muted scenes or the muted, muted sounds on that part.
1: I don't know. Like, I think that the, the, the whole sequence with Henry and his little brother and the resistance, I think that that was supposed to show that you know, power corrupts, right? The worst Fedra organization in the United States basically run like a mafia. And as soon as the people who get, you know overthrow them they turn around and do the same thing to them mm-hmm. that's that to me I, I, I didn't see that there was really any difference and I think that Tony's right like in order to survive in this type of situation awful things have to be decided on kind of like the cannibal preacher at the end like that one was rough too but what do you do at what point do you like just let
2: everyone die His outward persona was so strange. I know he was like a creepo, mega creepo, but like I don't even understand the whole story about. It felt incomplete. Joel killing that guy. Like obviously, like that that dude straight up like attacked him. Had no reason and just went straight up went for him and tried to kill him. The whole group did. So I was like, why is it like?
1: Well, to be fair though, every time we've had run-ins with people out in the wild, most times it just immediately launches into violence like people don't say hey howdy how, how howdy traveler are you yeah. friend or foe like they yeah, just it. immediately start shooting or throwing rocks at each other so it it seems like at this point in uh, 10 years into collapse society you know out in the wilds that you don't <laughs> run the risk of letting someone talk to you it's like 20 years right uh 2003 to 2023 yes 2022 yeah, cuz he's like
2: 36 or something and he gets fast forwarded up to 56
0: yeah
1: so. a spry a
2: spry of 56
0: well you know like at at that point the world is your gym yeah well the world is my gym too it's just a bit of it that's actually a gym that's gonna be my gym
1: you know yeah <laughs> but I, I think that I don't know each episode I thought did a really good job of telling the story the only one I felt was incomplete was the the cannibals story I felt like that was a little bit more disjointed I also felt like there should have been a little more resolution with the other people. They just kind of killed the leaders and then, like, see ya. (laughs) Oh, the village with the cannibals? Yeah. Well, they didn't know they were
2: cannibals. They just thought they were eating deer.
1: No, the people
2: didn't know they were cannibals.
1: But Ellie and Joel figured that one out. So I feel like you would kind of be like, hey, the dude that you were following had y'all eaten... Also, he got the biggest portion of of dude whenever they were passing out the food. I don't know if y'all noticed that. Mm -hmm. But, ugh. I mean, I guess that's what you gotta do to survive.
0: Well, okay, am I I the asshole for saying that given that they ate a person who was already dead and they didn't have to kill? Like, who cares? If it really is the apocalypse and you really have nothing else to feed your settlement.
1: That's fair, but was that... Always how they came across their human meat. Because there were three bodies. Yeah, there was already there bodies were, hanging up. There were three bodies hanging up in that Yeah, when
2: Joel, And he's like, there. there's only a few of us that know. It's not like a recent, it just happened. Yeah, they've been eating people for a while.
0: True, but at least the the one person that we see butchered, it's heavily implied that it's that person's like dad who died at the that beginning. Joel
1: killed. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That is heavily implied. It is but true. they also are immediately like, we're just going to kill Ellie and eat her. So right. they, that's not like a big existential crisis for them whenever they decide to do it. So that kind of tells me that that's not the first time that that (laughs) question came up.
2: And maybe it still was. Like, I thought it it was clever, which ended up not being clever. Like, I thought they were subtly, like, coding, talking about they saw Joel and Ellie. Like, oh, some of the guys saw two deer late last night. Could have just been something else. I thought they were, like, saw two, like, outsiders that need to go get hunted and killed for meat. I thought that was a code. It ended up being a real deer, but I was like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of clever—a clever way to frame it." Because then he's like, "I since doubt
1: there. Like, maybe that
2: guy didn't want to kill and eat people anymore."
1: I think that there could the pastor cannibal whole situation needed two episodes like the resistance leader in Kansas City. I feel like that was something. The only the the big criticism I had of all the stories that one I felt was the weakest. All the other ones, I I thoroughly enjoyed.
0: I think that most of these stories could have used some more breathing room. Mm.
2: Yeah, give us fifteen episodes or twelve or something.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted so much more of Melanie Linsky, the the Kansas City. I don't. I guess she wasn't Firefly, but the the Kansas City leader who was avenging her her brother's death. I wanted so much more of her. I wanted so much more of, of Henry and his brother. Their interactions were some of the most compelling moments of this show. I, I probably could have done with more of uh, Nick Offerman and, mm. uh, and Murray, but it, this show a lot of times felt like it couldn't quite decide if it was a mini series or a movie or, or what it was the pacing felt so uneven at times.
1: Mm. The stories were not like I feel like we we get kind of these weird that we get this this story with Ellie and, and Joel and then also we get this like cutaway to the story with Bill and Frank and then we get a kind of back to Ellie and Joel. It is kind of disjointed. It, but is that a byproduct of it being taken from a video game, right? Like this is them taking the bits and pieces of the narrative I know that the story of Ellie and Riley came from a DLC that came yeah. out after the game. So, like, they're taking bits and pieces of story from the game and crafting it into a show. And I think that, that in my opinion, that explains some of it. I, I, the, nine is a weird number, though. Wouldn't you agree mm-hmm. for, it's for a series? Eight. It's I eight think- or 12. Yeah. I
0: think I read that they they started with ten and they had to dial back because production was shortened because of COVID. Oh,
2: well, they didn't skimp out on the
0: budget because of this post-apocalyptic <laughs> stuff
2: looked pretty pretty great.
0: Yeah, D- did. did it feel convincingly as a world frozen in two thousand three to you?
2: Hmm, uh, I guess I wasn't really thinking about that part of it too closely. I don't.
1: I don't feel that the specific cultural stuff that it showed was 2000. 2003 is weird also because you have like people who are into like 90s stuff. You have people who are into like, you know what I mean? Like, look at the posters that Ellie has in her room in 2023, right? Mm -hmm. They're, They're posters not just from 2003. They're like, was it Terminator? There was a bunch of different stuff. So it's like whatever you can find, right? So it's like all the culture up to 2003, and then it's like frozen from that point forward. And, and I think the problem is that most of the stuff is just like broken down architecture. Like a lot of the cultural aspects are just gone, mm-hmm. right? So it's it feels more timeless to me than it does 2003, if that makes any sense. Like yeah. the decay, the the things that would have been Reminding us kind of like how when we went through the pandemic, like ah oh, pre pandemic, how it was before, people like the things that reminded them of that stuff. I feel like by the time we get to the story in twenty twenty three that stuff's all long gone, right? It's we're we're in recreation of culture, like kind of reclamation of culture, right, trying to create something new out of what of of what's left over um so. It did not not feel like 2003. It just felt kind of like timeless now because there's no technology, there's no cell phones, there's no TV, there's no nothing. It's kind of hard to compare it. Kind of think back to that time, what would people be seeing, you know?
2: Well, if they don't change the story for the second game, I hope they never make a second season because the second game story is just not, it's not as good. good. Oh, no. It's just, they had some illusions during the show to the second game. I mean, the gameplay, the graphics, and the actual quality, I guess, of the storytelling is good. But just, like, I was not...
1: Not a fan of the story? A fan of
2: the story, no. I want Ellie, and half of the game is literally you're playing a character totally separate from her. Like, that you don't care about, like no one cares about. And, uh, I don't know. I could give you the spoilers but I just like people no, no. make people make, mm. people make no choices spoilers. that make even less sense than the people, the choices people make in this the first <laughs> season.
0: Did you notice that the actors who they used for I think both the motion capture and the voices in the game made appearances in the show for both who played uh Ellie and Joel.
1: And Tommy. And though the mother of Ellie apparently was actually Ellie's mother in the show.
0: Right,
2: no. Ellie is Ellie's like uh, Ashley Johnson voices Ellie, and she was the mom in the TV show. It said that that was also she also played the mom. The oh, maybe the she TV maybe movie. she only maybe she also played her mom. I guess I don't know.
0: And the the actor who played Joel, he was I think his name was James, the kind of second in command of the cannibal guy. Oh, is that, oh,
1: okay. is that
2: Nolan North?
0: Dude, Nolan North is like. He probably gets paid mad
2: money. He's always, like, protagonist voices in huge video games. Troy Baker. Oh, Troy Baker. It's like Troy Baker and Nolan North are, like, the two big names. Yeah, I like that. There's some call... There's some allusions and calls out to the second game in there as well, but they need to change up some story.
1: Well, I feel like it's... Was it HBO Max or Max now? So they'll they'll probably put a bunch of effort into landing the plane. Unlike Game of Thrones, which was just an absolute garbage shit show.
2: I was just talking about that the other day. I was just like, I was talking to someone about how bad for sure eight was, and then also seven was pretty bad too. But just like we started talking about the early seasons, and I was like, I forgot how great that
1: show was
2: because I'm was. so turned off by how it ended.
1: That the mistake of that show was starting it when they did they They should have waited at least until this dude died, and mm-hmm. they at least had a someone to write a finishing book. Mm, yeah, I think that that was the problem. They just like the once they ran out of source material just... well, I didn't even
2: dislike six and maybe even half of seven, but the other half of seven and eight for sure just it all fell apart, so to well. I heard the House of Dragons good. I've heard mixed things.
1: I want to go with Daddy and have some hot tea. I, I will say, though, that we have a situation where The Last of Us is a game that's got a cult following. People rave about how this show is so true to the game. Like, this is the show that was constantly brought up in comparison to Halo, like when the Halo show came out like people shit all over the halo show because it wasn't like the game that they, they completely missed the mark. And then last of us, the people were like, this is absolutely the essence, the spirit of, of what the game is. It tells the same story, but without making us just basically sit through the game. I, I think that they're right. That the storytelling of this was pretty, I liked it. I thought it was really well done. I also agree with Jay that this story needed a few extra episodes if COVID cut things short, I kinda get it. But I hear now, was it this 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 show might be cursed then? Because I hear they were almost done writing part two whenever the writer's strike hit. So that's some bad luck.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's good luck, I'm telling you.
1: I think <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I think this show could have used uh, double, tr- triple the number of episodes. I think that I wanted more about the the conflict between the Fireflies and Ferda. I wanted to know a little more about why Ferda was so evil.
2: Ferda, like Fedra, but...
0: <laughs> Ferda? What, what, um, what am I saying?
1: Uh, you said Ferda. <laughs> Ferda. Allegedly.
0: Yeah, Ferda. Uh, I, I think that one moment that... You, you could have done an entire season on Joel and Ellie getting to Jackson where his brother was because I think that this show could have really made something out of Ellie's chance to have a normal, or at least what approximates a normal life in this apocalypse where they mm-hmm. could just, they, there was not even a question of, could we stay here? that that was not even addressed at all and i wanted them to to kind of marinate in that but instead it was just kind of nope we're
1: moving on i agree with you but i also think that there's there's a universe where and this this is something that is i struggle with cuz i like things to be fleshed out but there is a value also in kind of the glimpses right like they they know that they are on a mission they have something to do ellie doesn't want to stop Right? She doesn't want to be tempted. She, you know, she is on a mission to be special to to save the world. I don't have to, want, Kelly. I'm special. And so, like, I think that that would be a great thing to explore. But I also can understand why someone who has this mentality would just be like, I'm ready to go. We check, We found your brother. He's okay. We have something to do. But I also feel like that's kind of been Ellie's personality from the very beginning when she, once they left.
0: Yeah, she was pretty driven. Like, she was the one telling Joel, we're going to finish what we started. But I never felt effectively sold on why she was so determined.
1: I feel like they should have showed what happened with, with Riley. I feel like they that was a mistake not to show that that last sequence. Mm-hmm. because I feel like that that does drive a lot of her decision-making. It's why she tells the story at the end with Joel, when she's like, hey, you asked me if I'd ever killed someone the first time was whenever I had to kill my best friend. Did everything you say happened at the Firefly base really happen? <laughs> right? So I think that, that we don't, we're not always given the full picture of why things are done. And again, it's the same reason why I'm dissatisfied with the cannibal story is that, what, Joel and Ellie were like, "Fuck these people, let's get out of here. <laughs> you know yeah. It is not our responsibility to tell them that they've been eating people <laughs> And And again, I agree with you, I'd rather there be some type of reckoning for the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. more exploration, more fleshing out. But I also think that that's not the story of two nomads traveling across the country, right? They they're not there to save those people, not in that way. They're not there to to teach uh, Tommy what communism is. They're not there to you know uh, whatever the thing is that they're that they're you know run into saving people from the fall of of Fedra in Kansas City. That's just a, a simple run in. But I I think that that's also why like. You kind of see the PTSD slowly develop in Ellie as the sh- as the show goes on, you know.
2: The hard part of like their bonding too is like they bond a lot in the game. There's a lot of like talking while you're moving around the game, but like in the game you're just you're walking from place to place. So you're like, like they kind of showed a scene where he has to boost her up and grab a ladder. She throws a ladder down. There's like a lot of that, like puzzling scene and like he pushes her on a raft in a lot of things because she can't swim which is kind of like alluded to so there's like a lot of allusions to like a lot of gameplay and that's where a lot of their bonding and like stuff happens in the game but you can't just like show people doing that kind of boring stuff in the TV show so I feel like we miss a little bit of like their growth together like they have to speed that up a little bit Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in the show well I liked it but I think it's a little bit of nostalgia from the game I really really liked the game it was maybe the best story in a game I'd played up to that point,
1: when I played it back in the day. It's it's a twenty thirteen. It's been a long time. I didn't realize how long it had been since that game came out. So, are we ready to do some scoring? Sure. Before we do some scoring,
0: was there an objects or a, a something from the show that caught your eye that you felt would make a good rating system? Fatalities. <laughs> uh,
1: pun books. <laughs> pun
0: books. I like that. <laughs> well, Aaron, how many pun books?
1: Uh, I'm going to give it a solid eight. I think that the show is, is a, one of the better stories that I have seen. I think it's an interesting take on the zombie genre, which, again, we didn't really talk too much about it. Like, you know, the, the fungus kind of is almost a side character. It's not really what the story's about. Um, It's just a a bit roll And despite that I thought that the the science Or the explanation of it Was one of the more interesting ways To kind of address it In a very scary kind of way Like that's way more more terrifying Than some virus in some ways But I feel like From all the things that I've heard about the game And all the things that I've heard from people Talking about how they, they lived up to the essence and spirit of it I can see how they did I I agree with Jay, need a little more time to flesh out some stuff, but I think it's an 8. I think it it did a good job of telling the story and I definitely had feels. I I shed quite a few tears along the way.
0: How about you, Tony?
2: Yeah, the same. That's what I was had in my head before Aaron said it, but an 8. Yeah, like I said before, like it really to say it's a best. I don't they really nailed a video game adaptation in a way that I don't think I can think of that like any movies or shows have like really nailed and I think the show's a quality show. I don't even think you have to know anything about the game, which people probably don't, but I thought it was good. thought the sets looked great. The acting was great. Obviously, I like the story, so uh, it worked for me, and I'm an eight pun volumes out of ten on it.
0: Eight volumes of puns from Tony and from Aaron. Wow. Well... Jay's going to have to go two to get the average down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I have zero experience with the game apart from, I read the, the plot summary on Wikipedia after I finished the show to see how it matched up. And if this is a great and faithful adaptation to the game, then kudos. But I didn't think it was a particularly good television show. I thought that the like we talked about the the pacing was a lot of times uneven i thought the the characterizations weren't very deep i never really felt like i bonded with the characters and i i spent a lot of time trying to think about what what exactly it is that didn't work for me here and my my lady wife i think put it really well where she was saying that zombie shows are always about how the the real horror is from what we as humans do to one another once our comforts are taken away the horror the real horror is never the initial problem it's never actually the zombies it's about what humans do to one another and that's a vehicle for you to make a statement about humanity and human nature and i think aaron when you when you compared it to the leftovers that's that's something I wanted to avoid because the leftovers is something that did that so incredibly well and was so emotionally moving for me and it feels a little unfair to compare the last of us to it because it it just completely failed in that regard i kept thinking to myself what are they saying what what is the the subtext here uh, and i i found myself telling telling uh, Lindsay the other day that I feel like Bluey was able to get across more subtext in eight minutes than this show got across in an hour. (laughs) So this, this show I'm going to come in at a four because there was so much promise here. This is a show done by the guy who did Chernobyl, which if you listen to the show show is my yardstick for greatness. So I, I had Big big expectations here and it was just a dis it was it was a disappointed. I wanted, wanted so much more. Uh, so I've got four books of puns, eight and eight. If you guys want to vamp, I'll do some quick math if you haven't
1: beat me there. I definitely can't do math like that. <laughs> I I do think that this is this is really interesting to me because I I definitely had way more feels in this than I did in the leftovers. Wow. Um, more like, oh, substantially more. But I think that for me, it's the esoteric of, of leftovers that actually took away from it. And it's the the much more realistic feel of, of leftovers or Last of Us that actually for me, again, I, I kind of see it as the glimpses. Sometimes I don't need to know a full person's story in order to feel how they're feeling. Like, I, I don't know, Bill and Frank's story. I didn't need another second to feel those feels and I didn't really need any more of their backstory to feel it either. So to me, whereas I needed a lot more to understand why the disappearance of the people and leftovers mattered in those situations. Like I get that they said those things like these, these vignettes for me here drove home much more powerful human emotion because I guess like those situations felt more realistic because you actually have raiders. Oh, you mean raiders? Yeah, raiders. Yeah, raiders. All right. And cannibals and stuff like that in human history in our world. Whereas just people mysteriously disappearing, that's not something that really can ever happen and, or, or, or really can ever have a sense of real existential dread. So I guess that to me, like the feelings that were elicited in that, they were interesting. But I, they weren't something I could connect to. So this, for me, it's really, I just find it very fascinating that you didn't want to compare it because I felt like this did what The Leftovers did substantially better because I felt like the feels were more tied to something that I could identify as people actually doing in our world. Whereas a lot of stuff in The Leftovers, I feel like because of the reasons why, the thing was very esoteric. There was this, this mysterious aspect. Again, the scene where What's-His-Face like, has that rebirth Sequence. I don't know if you remember uh, in the ground. There's that one episode. It's been a while since we watched it, but I remember like thinking during that whole episode, I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" I, there was never a point for me in this series. I guess from a a story point where I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" So uh, it's very fascinating to me that you had that feeling. Like, what are they trying to do? Like, because I, I guess the the raiders. Oh, you mean raiders and the slavers and the different things. That just to me, is like you said, naturally what happens when society breaks down, right? Humans default to kind of the worst aspects of ourselves.
2: I don't know. I'm neutral. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm, I love no, Last is, of Us, but I also really, really
1: like this one. Is, Last of Us is like Christy's, or uh, Leftovers like Christy's like favorite show. Like it's phenomenal. And it was one of the things that I remember thinking. I was like, man, this is such a. It's really, really good. It's really sad, and there's definitely a lot of sad feels. But I felt like these feels whenever I was like. Like, again, the Bill and Frank one for me was the one that, like, captured just, like, raw human emotion in a very real way. I really, I kind of want to now rewatch The Leftovers because it's been, it's been what? We watched that a long time ago. Yeah, that's pre pandemic.
2: Yeah, season one for sure is, like, pretty
0: good. It's funny that you say that because. I, for one, am very bad at math, and I thought that our next episode, and not this one, was number 60, and I was thinking that because we did Twin Peaks for number 50, that maybe I would start a kind of personal thing of nominating a historically significant, a great, greatest of television history show on the 10s and the show that i kind of had in mind for it was the leftovers. Now of course number 60 is the show that we're uh, recording right now. Uh, but yeah, it's funny you say
1: you,
0: <laughs> It's funny you say you want to rewatch the leftovers.
1: Well, i i it's been so long. I remember how it ends very vividly. I was very disgruntled with the ending. But I don't know if i was very disgruntled. I remember it the more i chewed on it, the more i was dissatisfied with it. But i i feel like like Tony said, the first season of leftovers blew me away. I think it's about the time that like the, the preacher is whenever I kind of feels like he kind of meanders, <laughs> but it has been, it's been years since I watched that series. And I'll honestly, watch the whole of
2: season two just for international assassin. That's like, <laughs> that's my jam.
1: I don't even remember season two. Now I'm thinking about it. And I need to Season two is
2: where the, with the disappearing children. And like the firefighter guy. They like they moved to that miracle oh Jarden, I guess.
1: Jarden, yeah.
2: And okay. takes all place there.
0: <laughs> well I appreciate you guys you guys uh vamping for me so well, partially because we Should actually we had tornado sirens seven? going off at my house, if if you couldn't Where hear. Was them. it six
2: point six six if my if I'm gonna try to be funny in my head?
0: <laughs> Correct. Six point six repeating. Uh, so that puts it a little bit under halfway. It's tied with The Haunting of Hill House and with Miracle Worker Season 2, just below Tokyo Vice, just above Letterkenny.
1: Hmm. Very
0: nice.
2: Man, Tokyo Vice, that is a show that did not stick the landing. <sighs> did
0: not. <laughs> season 2 coming in the fall. That is. A is show it coming? That, yeah, it is. It got renewed. Yeah, yeah, they've been filming. final
2: final sea- season of Jack Ryan. This dude, I don't know if you like the first two seasons, but the third season was really good of Jack Ryan on Prime.
1: I've heard, I've heard for some reason people say that the third season of the show is really, really good. <laughs> it always makes me th- question were the first two seasons not.
0: <laughs> well, look at The Office, look at Park and Parks and Rec, look at Star Trek: The Next Generation.
2: It just it's weird. Like season one, it's like. I mean, because Jack Ryan the character, he's like an
0: analyst. Okay, Lindsay, are you forgetting that I was a professional twice
2: over? An analyst and a therapist. The world's first therapist That gets, I guess, thrust in these situations. Like, season one, he's like actually mostly an analyst. The joke's anal, right? Did I get the joke correctly? Season two, he's like... its I like season two, but he's c- kind of basically good at everything. He's like a Navy SEAL type. I mean, not he's not a Navy SEAL, but he's like performing like a Navy SEAL. Basically just My running God. through them, like Tearing people up. And... The same in the third season, but the third season is a lot of, like, spycraft stuff going on. So, it's good. High stakes. Nuclear war on the horizon. It was just really
1: good. I definitely went back and watched the first season of Part from Rick. I enjoyed it more than I thought I did. So...
0: Like once you see where the characters are going, it kind of makes a lot more sense about where they start from. But so many of them are so obnoxious at the beginning.
2: Yeah, Leslie's not it's Leslie like is like Michael Scott. Like Michael Scott is not good until they just Mm. made him an idiot instead of an (laughs) a-hole. Yeah.
1: Well, are we ready to uh move over to the wheel of randomonium?
0: Let us approach the bench.
1: I, I also need uh, offerings for the wheel because we did not do that before the show. <laughs>
0: we got the clap in, but we didn't put the shows on the wheel.
1: <laughs> I, will go, I will start with mine. I am bringing This Fool on Hulu. Um, I watched one episode and was intrigued by it, so I stopped watching. Um, but essentially it's about a guy who um, lives in L.A., works for like a... a Thugs to to hugs type rehabilitation <laughs> center and his cousin who went to jail for something like some crime in the 90s has gotten out and is he's trying to help him acclimate to uh, life back in modern times. It was a little little cringe. I'm trying to always push my my limits, but uh, it's sitcom. It's funny. It's on Hulu. So tony what do you got
2: i've got in true tony fashion myself forgetting
1: to think of a show so i'm googling real quick (laughs) so so jay's (laughs) gonna vamp for tony yes jay what what do you got i was trying to get you know give you an opportunity here jump right in
2: Ooh, controversial i just want to see like what all the cringe is about with the idol I hear, was, I hear it's like intense and bad.
1: But.
0: I hear there's a lot of fucking.
1: <laughs> okay. The Maybe Idol, not. what's it
0: on? Maybe not. HBO. Max? Maybe just... Yeah, It's well, just hey, called
2: Max now, Jake. Come it's on. Just
0: called Max now. Bro. Well, no, th- there's still the HBO network, but then there are also Max original shows.
2: I don't get... You know what? I had to download a new app. I had to download a an new app. And it just signed in and remembered everything from the old app. Why couldn't That's they just true. update the icon and the name of the app? Like, why does it download a whole
1: new Because the, the version on the Xbox was, like, a piece of crap, and I'm kind of glad that they rebuilt the app from the ground up because it wasn't great. Let me think of another one. While, He's going to think of another talking, one. We're not, yeah. we're not doing the do idle.
0: Oh, did I scare you away with all the fucking? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to watch that with his sister, Jay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tony. Uh, I will be offering White House Plumbers, a White- HBO... Oh, the, HBO, road, baby. <laughs> the real HBO uh, miniseries starring Woody Harrelson, Justin Thoreau, mm-hmm. Lena Headey, Domhnall Gleeson, Judy Greer, Toby Huss, a whole lot of people. It is a historical show, but it's a comedy. Uh, it's, it's done by uh, the White House Plumbers. The, uh, the Nixon the, guys. The Nixon guys, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's done by one of the showrunners behind veep so it brings that kind of political satire energy i watched about 10 minutes of the first episode and stopped and said that <laughs> uh, save this for the show show so nice
1: all right tony have you found something other than your idol <laughs> what
0: about this uh american idol what
2: about this the crowded room on apple tv i don't have apple tv
1: but somebody does
2: Oh, so now the crowded room, it's got Tom Holland in it. I think I saw a preview for it. It's got Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, Amy Rossum in it. The crowded room?
1: Yeah. All right. So since I got the last one, if I get picked again, then I'm out, correct? Out for next time.
2: We gave you the. La- we both put Last of Us. But on we, the last we, we, I was, up.
1: I was the person who was picked. We put a number so that right. we will okay. keep track. All right, spin to win. Spin, spin, spin.
2: Let's spin the McConaughey wheel. All right, all
1: right, all right, all right, all right, all right, Oh, that was a all nail right. biter. That was a nail. Biter. Was <laughs> all the way up to the edge.
2: Ooh, I am on a street. Got my boy JT in
1: it. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. I mean, he—it's like we can't get away from him. You know, Last of Us, Mosquito, <laughs> Mosquito Coast. Coast, Zoolander. Who, tell me, tell me, did you, who watched the second season of Mosquito Coast? Did you I watch? Forgot
2: it? they made that. I did not watch it.
1: Hell
0: no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man. Like I might, I, I, I might nominate know.
0: it just for fun. I might nominate it along with the second season of Siesta Key at any moment.
1: If we're going to
0: have...
2: I thought we watched the first two seasons of Siesta Key.
0: Nope, just season
2: one. Was there like a was 25 that episodes of the first season? There was like... a so episodes we watch?
0: I mean, there, there were like 24. There was like kind of a season 1A and 1B. Oh, we,
1: got, okay. we got through like the breaking of What's-His-Face's <laughs> jaw. That's what I remember. So if that's all in season one, then yeah. we watched one season.
0: Yeah, and the infamous single and ready-to-jingle sweater.
2: Can you take that sweater off?
1: It's really comfortable. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) I miss that show. I miss that show so Uh, much.
1: What I will say is I think that we should, like, have a, a, I don't know, some type of challenge where we have, if if we pick a show and it, like, gets a score lower than a certain amount, then we have to watch, like, another season of Siesta Keys. Yeah,
0: there should be some kind of triggered punishment. I I do like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like the idea of there being a cost if you pick a show that's, like, you know, does something like I don't know gets below a four. Like oh well, now we got to watch another season of fucking sissy sissy Keith.
2: Your show when it gets below it, then you have to watch the next season.
1: Well, see, but then what's Jay's? Because it can't be something that he likes. So it's gonna it's gonna have to be like <laughs> Jay's got to watch a season of Evil Dead. <laughs> Oh please no! Ooh. See, see, that's the thing. That's my reaction when you're like, "Let's watch another season of The Keys." Uh, yeah. yeah, I hear yeah, the news. I
2: hear the new Evil Dead movie was really good. I wanted
1: to see it. Uh, this is what I will say, Tony. Is that I I am a huge fan of Evil Dead, not because of the gore, but because of the campiness. And that's the thing that they cut out of the new Evil Dead movies. So I I feel like it's probably pretty good if you like the torture porn. But if that's not your your thing, then probably not something that you want to sign up for.
2: (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, the fans of the show Show are well-versed in torture porn because they're listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) But I would like to thank all those listeners for listening to us on whatever platform of your choice. Uh, We're so, so glad that you're here with us. This is just a ton of fun to do the show for you. Absolutely. I want to thank the two of you guys for joining me
1: here today. Always a pleasure. You are very welcome. It's good to be here again.
0: And I'm very much looking forward to next time we convene and talking about the White House plumbers.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious how you can take a historical uh, story like this and turn it into a comedy. I guess I never watched Veep, so I I'm, I'm not sure what I'm in for. So <laughs> Veep's funny. I've heard a very good thing. I only watch, like, watched like the
2: first it. or second season, but it was pretty good. All
0: right, well, looking forward to it. I want to thank our executive producer, Dick Wolf. And until next time, I will be seeing you in the trees.
1: Da, da, da. Facundo.